Oh my god, Simmy, what the hell are you spilling? It is your host, Simmy Deary, and you're listening to Spills. And on today's episode, with it being the month of May and coming to an end very quickly, Mental Health Awareness Month. And a lot of the reason why I started Spills was because of my journey with mental health and wanting to advocate and push and support people to learn about their struggles and what affects their day to day. So today's episode, Shadow Mental Illness, is all about my journey overcoming my mental illnesses, as well as providing tips and help and support for those who um, are, are struggling or are coming to terms or are learning about themselves and in their day-to-day. So let's get started. Before I start this episode, I do want to say that I am indeed not a medical professional yet. Um, However, I will be a support team for you. I will be a stranger if you need me to be a stranger and for me to just listen, I will be a friend. if you need to ever reach out, my Instagram is at itbesimone, as well as if you are ever feeling suicidal, um, please reach out to your local crisis response. They are an amazing, amazing team. And from personal experience, they have helped me out at so many times. The whole point of Shout Out Mental Illness is to learn and to love what is going on in your brain and what's going on in your mental and your psychology. Um, You're going to have to live with it and you're going to have to be receptive and pay attention to yourself. So I'm really eager to to get this information out because I think it's going to help a lot of people and it's going to open a lot of minds for a lot of you. So ADHD, my, my biggest struggle... So I, when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I was like, hmm, okay. I was never really a bounce-the-wall-off kid. However, I was just always go, 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 go. Always doing something in the way of like office work, uh, creativity, science, things like that. As I got older and into college, this is where ADHD hit me like a brick. I swear my biggest, and I always used to say, I hate to use the F word, but my biggest fear right now is the the fear that I won't be able to have any task completion by the age of 30. And, and my therapist was like, okay, Simone, calm down. You're being a little, you know. And I'm like, no, seriously. Because I used to be so known for multitask, multitask, this. And now, as I get older, my, mul- my multitasks are turning into multiple tasks that are not being completed because my brain is like bouncing, bouncing, bouncing back and forth. And it's frustrating. And a lot of people don't understand how frustrating it can be for those who struggle with ADHD. It's like, oh yeah, let's just pop an Addy and and figure it out. And no, that's not how it works. And even the, the struggle with finding the right Um, Adderall, the right amphetamine salt, you know, the medication journey is always a long process. And I know it kind of pissed me off at times growing up and people were like, oh, you take Adderall? Can I get some? You still got that Adderall? Like, 
do I still have ADHD? Yes, I still have ADHD. So yes, I do have my medications. And as I get older, I still every single day find a different thing that I'm like, wow, okay, ADHD going crazy today. I'm constantly losing my keys, my wallet. I've lost my wallet five times in the past, you know, two months. And it causes havoc, a large amount of stress on my mental um, to know that, oh my gosh, one minute I just had my key. I just had my wallet. Where the hell is it? And people don't get that in, in the struggle of that. And people, they're like, oh, someone loses things. And I do. And I'm like, hell yeah, I lose things. But it's so frustrating. Another thing that ADHD has really affected me with is sleep. Um, sleeping, everybody knows Simi does not sleep. And it's not because um, I'm always out outside. It's, I'm literally just, my brain is everywhere. And this is where I found some really amazing sleep um, tips for those who struggle with sleep um, with ADHD. Do not bring your your office work or or your any kind of school work or anything like that to your bed. I've I used to do that and I used to like it. And then I my brain kind of got trained that anytime that I went to bed, it was like creative mode time, it was paperwork time, and no. Keep your bed for sleep and sex. Train your brain to know that when you go to bed, when when you see bed, you sleep. Um, another thing is if that's not working and you're you're falling, you're going to bed, but you're you're not actually falling asleep for like two hours and you're just like kind of staring at the wall. Every 20 to 30 minutes, if you can't fall asleep, get up and and go do something, not too much rain work. Go read a book, um, you know, go scroll something on the computer, low brightness or something. I know that's that's brain work, but it's really not. Because when you're just sitting in your bed and you're not sleeping, your brain is getting trained restlessness, like, okay, hop in bed, but can't sleep. So what's this bed for, huh? You know, and you ain't having sex. So your brain's really like confused. <laughs> Another thing um, with sleeping that has helped me a lot is working out or stretching right before bed but in a dimmer room uh, and playing some nice music get your brain ready that when you're when you're doing this yoga you're doing these breathing these breathing treatments you're getting that zen in your room it really is helpful for me and I know that last one sounds crazy but you really got to tap in with yourself ADHD is a hyperactive bitch, I do have to say. Um, but there's so many new books and, and so many studies, neuroscience and everything that is, that's bringing the light to ADHD and those who are struggling with it. ADHD is not going to take a toll on you if you balance yourself out Um Understand priorities for yourself, and I struggle with that one too. My to-do list, my um, appointment list, my task list, they're everywhere. I make at least 20 of them a day. My perfectionism 
is on point only when it comes to my note taking. I will write notes down for things that don't need to be written down. I'll be sitting down in my chair and be like, to-do list, sit down in chair just so I can check it off. Because when you are struggling with ADHD and you're you're starting one task but not completing it and and then you have another task and you're so you're so focused on it being perfected that you won't share it or you you won't complete it and you'll start another one you become so mad at yourself and i know that feeling and i know there's people out there who have that feeling i have a therapist and she the our first appointment it was like a consultation and i just got on the zoom i was like hi she was like Hey, and I was like, okay, so my name's Simone and this and this and from age three to this and this and this and oh my God, so yesterday and so this and this, oh my God, did I tell you I got new highlighters? And after like 20 minutes, I was like, oh wait, don't you have some questions to ask me? And she was like, oh girl, you got ADHD. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And then she started talking for 30 minutes and I was like, damn girl, you got ADHD. And so it's such a it's such a nice time and it's comforting when I can I can ex- talk to other people who have ADHD and we're like having these hyperactive conversations like bouncing back and forth. I swear if you see a conversation with two ADHD people, you think that they're like planning to take over the world and they seem very serious and successful doing so. So read into this ADHD if you if you're struggling with it because There's so much new research that shows the way that our brain works. Our hyperactive brain is is bizarre. It's beautiful. Learn to love your ADHD. Learn to love that you're always going to have projects and ideas. And you're always going to have beautiful notes. And you're going to fall in love with highlighters and colorful Sharpies. And so that's ADHD. And on to the next shout out. The next shout out goes to depression and anxiety. These two have been conjoined at the hip Um, since I can remember. For me, this has been a journey and it still is. Um, And so I'm really eager to, to share this with you guys. I have to say that today and this past year, I have really learned depression, um, my depression. And that's the thing. Learn your mental illness. I hate that they labeled us that. They really did that one with us. But, you know, they don't understand that brain is different. Our brain is different, ma. And But learn yours. Read about it. I'm always going to say read. Read some books. Read some case studies. Read an article, a podcast, Spills with Simi to learn about yourself and, and, your, and your struggles and what's causing these struggles. When I was younger, um, around like age 12, um, depression really hit me. Um, I think it was with just school and being different and being myself and then being hit with a mental illness that I didn't know was going on in my brain without me even wanting it or asking for it. And then you have a a little girl who's incapable of explaining, 
I don't know why I feel like this. And that is what depression does. It puts you in moods. It puts you in down spirals and feelings. And and it hits your body physically too outside of your brain. And you cannot explain why. And it's so hard, you know, to be surrounded by, oh, mental awareness, this and this and that. But then it's like, I'm incapable of explaining it to you. But do know that I feel this way. That's what makes depression so hard. That's what makes depression a bitch. It sometimes silences you and puts you away for who knows how long until, you know, it's ready to to leave for a few days. And then you pick yourself back up just for depression to come back around and say just joking and bring you back down. I learned throughout this journey, um, and it's been one of my favorite quotes, rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Depression will make you feel so alone. It will make you feel like you are not yourself and that you'll never find who that is because depression is who you are and that is not true. So many people, and I remember my mom always telling me this as I struggled, that so many people live such a happy life with depression. You can do it. You can do it. And just that just stuck with me. And I want to share that Depression is, it's going to be there with you. I will not sugarcoat that. But when you learn your depression, when you learn how to, you know, get out of those down spirals and also understand what is putting you in those down spirals, to regulate my depression, I had to really start actually taking note of myself how I feel. I keep a journal about how I feel, why I'm feeling it. And it's crazy to read sometimes. It's, it is. I'll read it to my therapist and I'm like, okay, May 2nd, uh, felt sad. Don't know why. Um, headache started crying. Don't know why. And I share this because now I want you to ever feel like this, but you are not alone if you do. And you don't always and you won't have an explanation for why you're sad because you have to understand sometimes people do not want to reach out. They don't know how. They don't know how to explain. And that's where mental health awareness actually needs to be brought in, that it's not just a, hey, just talk to me. But look at the people around you. Take note if if your friend's behaviors are changing, if they're closing off. I remember reading pamphlets like this at school and I was like, okay, yeah, okay. And then I really took note of those that I cared about. And I when, when their day-to-day started changing, I'm like, hey, what's up? Let's talk. And even just that feels so good for, for those who are struggling with depression. Don't force it out. Don't be like, hey, you look real sad right now. But just be like, hey, how's your day? What's going up? Because then at that point, it's either I'm always like, how'd you know something was going on? Or I'm just like, I'm just not feeling it today. You know, let's let's talk tomorrow. And that's another really big 
part of depression is when it removes you from your friends. It removes you from your social life. And there's days where you just go into a dark hole and you don't respond to people. You don't respond to texts. You don't respond to calls. You don't show up to appointments because you are incapable of of just talking to anybody or doing anything. I know in my mindset when I'm down and down spirals and I hit those, it's like, I don't even, like, I don't want to talk to myself. I don't even want to be myself. I'm not even going to talk to you because you're not talking to Simone right now. You're talking to depression. And to learn what, who makes you feel ways that brings you into down spirals is your first step. Depression took a lot of of hinders on my friendships and on my relationships and on my family and on myself. And but then I also realized I'm like but a lot of the things that I was doing to myself or surrounding my uh, myself with, they were hurting me too and they were causing putting me in these down spirals. And then the times that I was in the down spirals, they weren't around to help me back up. Environmental factors is a really big, important thing that helped me with depression. And that was, you know, removing myself from from friend groups, Um, not doing things that didn't make me feel good. If subconsciously I did something, I mean, I actually did something, but subconsciously I was listening to myself and it made me feel physically sick or I got real sad when I went home that night by myself. I was like, I'm never doing that again. That did not make me feel good. You got to listen to your body. You got to listen to your brain. The medical system, the health system, the DSM scale, they have these 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 symptoms. And then it's just, okay, you're depressed. Okay, you have ADHD. And that's, you're more than just a label. You know, you are your own label. Like, shit, okay, I'm semi-depressed. At least you could say, you know, I'm depressed semi. Because it's like, okay, then you're just sticking me here. You know, your sadness does not compare with the other person who has depression and their sadness. Everybody's depression is different. Everybody's ADHD is different. So learn your brain so when you have time and you're prepared to seek support, um, talk to a therapist or, you know, sit in that chair and explain how you feel to somebody. First off, congrats. I'm proud of you. But second, it's great to be able to go in there and and know what you're what you're talking about and ready to to change and and resolve. When I was like 15, I like went into a psychiatrist office with my mom and did a bunch of tests for like 6 hours. And at the very end, he sat me in this chair and swiveled around and for like 20 minutes uh, told me what was wrong with me in the brain. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, science rules. Um, But then I went home and I cried for hours. But you know what also I did after I cried? I sat in the middle of my bed, I remember, and I like thought, Oh my gosh, 
who else in my family has depression or who else in, in my friend group has depression, you know, searching symptoms up, thinking of how I feel. And I'm like, knowing I'm not alone, but then I'm also like, am I the only one who's out there knowing this about myself? And that's why I'm always so advocating and so ready to spill and talk about serious things that I know go on in people's lives and in their brain and that they've witnessed and experienced, but you know, they, they don't want to say anything. So I will be that for you. Talking about depression, I remember maybe two years after that, um, I finally moved to Arizona or and went to college, and I got on medication. When I came here to Arizona, I was like, oh, the self-improvement books didn't help, the tapping into my spirituality, all these things. They helped, but only to a certain extent. And I had to come to that realization that, you know, Medication isn't, it's not the final, you know, uh, end zone, but, you know, it has to, it might be this next step to, to get me where I want to be. Um, and it, it's helped a lot. I will be very honest. And I will also be very honest that I will say that it has been a fucking journey of self-love and of, of different medications and journaling and writing things down. And that's what you're going to have to do. I'm not going to say with the medication part, but you're going to have to journal. You're going to have to write things down. You're going to have to listen to yourself and listen to your sadness. Don't be your sadness, but listen to your sadness and what and what it's telling you and who, why, where, when, where, what made you feel this way. When I first got on my medication, I was like, whoa, this is serious. This is really freaking serious, Simone. And I was so sad. Um, I went through another down spiral after I got on medication outside of even just what the medication was, was psychologically stabilizing for me and in my brain and with my dopamine and everything. But it was also what I felt like in society, what I felt like to my friend group. It's like, damn, people are taking, waking up in the morning and, you know, taking a probiotic in their birth control. And I'm over here taking, you know, a mood stabilizer and Adderall and, and things to help me fall asleep because of my, you know, because of my ADHD. And I felt, I felt alone. I felt labeled even more than I already was depressed and had anxiety and ADHD because now I look at my medication label and I like have to remember everything about this from my future doctor's appointments and things like that. Medication is a journey um, to those listening who are medicated. Um, I'm proud of you because I know as well that it has been a journey I wanted to end this depression and anxiety topic with a few just transparent pinpoints um, that I've learned um, that have helped me. Outside of taking notes and keeping track of my emotions, um, make sure, and this is a serious one and this is all from experience, make sure that you also are not surrounding yourself with those who are even making you sadder in the way of you are both struggling um, severely with um, depression or mental health. Um, and that one hurts. 
and that doesn't mean that you have to end the friendship, but there's been times in friendships that I have that we've both cared about each other so much that we're like, we are, we are both understanding that we're going through depression and anxiety together, but now it's not even the point where I'm lifting you up and you're down spirals and you're lifting me up. It's just to the point where either put like our down spirals are just clashing and both of our depressions are loving the fact that we're both two depressed people. Being depressed can it can feel never ending. It can feel like, oh my gosh, when is this going to happen again? And then it makes you feel like when you're happy, you're like, okay, just waiting for depression to come around, you know, looking at the time and not even focusing on the great moments that you're living. I'm here to tell you, depression and anxiety are manageable. ADHD is manageable. They're all manageable if you are ready to manage them. For yourself, first off, and then for those that you care about. My last and final shout out um, on this episode discussing my journey with mental illness and mental health is my journey with bipolar disorder. Ooh, I just said that on air. Wow, out loud on a speaker. Recorded, about to get played to others. That's crazy. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm clapping for myself real quick. Um, living with bipolar disorder is definitely the hardest one to share and to really honestly deal with in the way that I'm still learning and you will always still be learning because learning's great especially when it's about yourself and your brain and how to and how to live a better life um but I remember when I first got diagnosed with bipolar disorder and after I was like, okay, I've read about this. I've, I've, I've learned this in school. I've seen the symptoms. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. My, my articles that I've been reading is bipolar symptoms, you know. But now it's living with bipolar disorder. Now that's me. And uh, this one I was like, oh my gosh, I'm done. I was like, every single time some, I'm getting something else, I'm getting told something else. And in this one, I didn't really know much about it in the way that I didn't know anybody who really struggled with it. And that really hindered me to even want to share about it. And it took me, I think, about a year to to really tell any, to tell my friends or anybody Um and only really a few select now until now because this one is so important. One day you can feel on top of the world. I mean, Hulk smash. Like, and you can do anything. You can step, you feel like you can step in front of a bus and that it's just, it's just going to go through you because you're invisible now. And then you got super strength. And then you got a, a big ass wallet full of a lot of money so you can spend, spend, spend. And then, you know, maybe a week, maybe a few days, maybe a month. You don't know. But this colorful lifestyle, that this fun, this energetic, this I don't have to sleep for four days because, because I feel freaking great. It quickly turns into a black 
in a white. And and now you're not on top of the world. You're the only person in the world and it's lonely and it's sad. And and you feel like nobody gets you at all. And and then you really search for a middle. You search you're like, okay, this high isn't me, this low isn't me. Who is me? Where am I at? And to explain that to you guys, it's like, wow, relieving because that to some, it may sound crazy. And that's what I also feared about sharing my, my struggles um, with bipolar disorder. I've read articles and then I'll scroll down and I've, I've seen articles where it's like, can people who have bipolar disorder um, love and be loved? And I'm like, hi, I'm right here. Like, yeah, we can. Where did this come from? I've, I've overheard statements and it's like, oh, of course they did that. I heard they got bipolar disorder. Like, what? I... I just when you hear when you make comments about things that are not, you know, chosen, um, it hurts people a lot, especially about mental illnesses. And I think this awareness needs to be made about bipolar disorder that you are not crazy. Um And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, am I crazy? And so then I started doing more research and I did a lot of articles and I read, I read a lot. And even Aristotle said that those who are genius have to have a little madness to them. There's so much science that that talks about bipolar disorder, enhancing creativity, um, and bringing you kind of closer to this level of geniusness. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know, you have to learn to to love what you have, to love yourself because this is you. You are nobody else. And I had to learn to love that. It always felt like I was like, why do I have to learn to love myself extra? Why do I have to, to learn more about myself? Um, and it was like, I, I sat in my own sadness for a bit. I sat in, in all this, this, this shame and this guilt. Why me? Why me? And eventually I was like, thank you. Because now I get that extra step to take extra, to extra steps to learn about myself. I'm going to know more about myself than anybody And that's the mindset that I have, whether that is, you know, doing case studies and learning about the science or that's speaking to you and and, and trying to motivate um, to to learn about yourself and to accept yourself and to love yourself for for who you are at the core, because that's that all that matters. You can have society label you. Your doctors can tell you what you have. Your medication can tell you what they're trying to to cure or regulate. But what is at the core is always you. And that is the best thing to have. As this episode today on Spills comes to an end, I wanted to set a reminder that Shout Out to Mental Illness is all about learning to love what society tells you to hide. I know I've hidden myself and and these illnesses, quote marks, because um, 
there's so many negative things about it. And the thing is, is there's not. Find your positives to what society says is a negative. Love yours, and I will always be here for you for support. Thank you for listening to Spills. You can find me at Ippy Simone or Spills with Simi on Instagram. Simi's out. Oh my God, Simi, what the hell are you spilling?